There has been no war that we have not fought and died on the front lines of. There has been no job we haven't done. There's no tax they haven't levied against us, and we've paid all of them. But freedom is somehow always conditional here. You're free, they keep telling us. But she, she, she would have been alive if she hadn't acted so free. Now, freedom is always coming in the hereafter. But you know what, though? The hereafter is a hustle. We want it now. And let's get, let's get a couple things straight. Just a little side note. The burden of the brutalized is not to comfort the bystander. That's not our job. All right, stop with all that. If you have a critique for the resistance, for our resistance, then you better have an established record of critique of our oppression. If you have no interest, if you have no interest in equal rights for black people, then do not make suggestions to those who do. Sit down. We've been floating this country on credit for centuries, yo. And we're done watching and waiting while this invention called whiteness uses and abuses us, burying black people out of sight and out of mind while extracting our culture, our dollars, our entertainment like oil, black gold, ghettoizing and demeaning our creations, then stealing them, gentrifying our genius, and then trying us on like costumes before discarding our bodies like rinds of strange fruit. The thing is, though, the thing is that just because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real. Hey, you guys. Hey. <laughs> morning, What's morning. Um, so. Can I just say, I love that he's just so professional and just like, good morning. And I'm like, yo, what's bobbing? <laughs> I love it. Because you're from the hood. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> like the hood. No, really. New, New, Newcastle? I don't I don't know what Wilmington. Is. Wilmington. Brown uh, Delaware. This is Delaware. Yeah. Still? yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, you know how I feel about Delawares. I used to say the same thing until I, I visited Wilmington, so the, the truck yeah. stop state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for all you guys that are regular listeners and you hear me refer to the person that refers to Delaware as a, a rest stop on 95, that is the person <laughs> there. there. Um, so uh, I guess I'll start, and we were talking in pre-production. Um, there's so much to unpack about this topic that you can start anywhere and this could almost be a mini-series or its own podcast, but I thought um, as us having a platform, I thought it was responsible of us to, to speak about it and to speak on it and to um, not ignore it. And kind of when you have a podcast that you do weekly, it's, it, it gets difficult to try and stay positive and kind of, we, we tried to ignore coronavirus for a while, but then it just went on for like six years. And um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I am here in concert with, uh, these wonderful people today to um, address the issue and use our platform responsibly. So weird intro, a little different, but I'll start by intro in the episode. Welcome to episode number 90, the third attempt. <laughs> You'll understand that next week when you watch episode 91, but um, we had done episode 90 
if you're regular, you know there was no episode last week because Skype screwed the audio up, and uh, we re- we re-recorded that episode, but we felt it was important to address this issue before we posted that episode, so that'll be next week. Um, anyway, welcome. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever you're listening. I am Ramon. I'm Danielle. I'm Ashlyn. I'm DC. So DC is our special guest. He is, uh, this is your second time on the show, right? Yes, it is. Second time on the show. Um, Friend of the room, friend of the show. Also my brother um, in life and just kind of my real brother. I don't even have to go into explaining that, my my real brother. Um, I respect Dave's opinion a lot, and I thought he could weigh in on this. Um, It's interesting because you're now, we're both from Jersey. You're now in Cali, so you you must have an interesting, it's different lens being there um, versus the lens we have versus what we would think would be like home and I don't know where Ashlyn is. She's further below the Mason-Dixon line, though. <laughs> I am about an hour away from Tennessee and an hour away from Kentucky, so down in the country. Okay, so significantly different uh, cultures and, and, and et cetera. Very but, different, yes. Um, I will say this. My, my transparency is that the whole thing has made me – I narrowed it down to three emotions. Um angry i probably have been angrier for more than one reason that i'll dive into as we unpack everything um scared i'm scared for myself like always when as a black man when you get pulled over i'm not just worried about the five miles an hour 10 miles an hour over the speed limit i was going or the stop sign i was missed but um, i genuinely do wonder what i'm going to occur and thus far in life i've Never had a terrible experience, but I know several people who have had really bad experiences. One Dave and I had to listen to on the phone one night. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of dive into that later. I, I'm scared for my, my, my sons, my, my black sons, and you know their future children. And it's interesting knowing that my parents and my grandparents dealt with shit like this, and I'm still dealing with shit like this, and my children will deal with shit like this. It, it's, it's frustrating is kind of my third emotion. So, so that's mm-hmm. where I am um, kind of with everything that's going on. And I'll stop talking and let somebody else talk for a second. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, Ashley, go ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm right there with you. I, like I told you the other day, I, I am angry. I don't, I don't think I'm as angry as a lot of black people. I don't think I have the right to be um, because uh, nothing's really happening to me per se or so it, it's, it's a little difficult in that aspect, but I am, I am very angry with what's going on in the world and that, that it's still happening. And the fact that it's 400 plus years later and we're still dealing with this and people should have been this angry for a very long time. I'm sure they have been. Everybody should have. My My thing is everybody should have been. Okay. Like, like they are now, like the, all, all the 50 States, the multiple countries, around the world 
that should have been going on for a very long time, but it hasn't been. That's okay. my problem. Because that's how you get things done. That's how I, change happens. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Ashlyn there. It, it is something that should have been happening for a while. And, you know, uh, everyone should be angry and upset of, you know, the travesties that's been going on in this country. Um, just in, in modern times, as far as you mentioned, you know, over 400 uh, years of just, you know, uh, ignoring, you know, the the issues um, has boiled to this point. And I'm sure we'll, we'll jump into more about what might have caused it to happen this way. Um, I do have a point of view um, that is, is relatable to uh, our current, you know, uh, situation with COVID and quarantine and um, and then what I noticed this time around is the, you know, um, it was, it was very different, you know, uh, you know, we've seen protests before we've seen riots and, you know, we've seen even looting before, you know, and, uh, those are the three main situations that are going on right now. And I do separate them because I think there are th three different groups of people, um, with different feelings at how they are addressing their their anger as we we mentioned um mm -hmm. but there's just so many different people out there right now it's i i love seeing that every time you know the camera's panning and showing protesters or even showing looters or even showing rioters it was people of all different colors mm -hmm. so it showed that you know there was so many people that really realized like you know what something needs to happen and there was a tipping point and why what happened this time around that made it so much more different than the other times when you know uh, a young black man was killed by the police and they were unarmed um i think it really kind of you know <laughs> this quarantine has changed us a lot it allowed us the opportunity to really you know sit in our homes and digest a lot of information and we were um we were not distracted by, you know, mundane things of the world, like, you know, whether it's work or whether it's going out with friends or just living your life normally. And I think everyone was sitting at home ready to already pop because they were ready to get out of their house, get out of their homes mm -hmm. from being there for what, 90 plus days. And seeing this was like, you know what, enough is enough. And I think everyone was that did show up was like, you know what, we gotta go out and we gotta do something. And it just kind of just tipped everyone over. And I think that's why there were so many different groups of people that were mm -hmm. standing with um, people of color that felt that this needs to be, um, you know, recognized, this needs to be changed. So, you know, I, at first I did, I did it was confusing. Cause I was like, well, why? Cause I, cause I remember seeing this so many white faces in the crowd and I'm like, well, what is going on? Like, I'm not used to that, you know? And it was, you know, at first I was confused. Um, and then I started to realize like, you know what, it, this is how it should be, you know, um, you know, all lives matter when all of us are in it together. But until then, you know, I know, you know, we put it out there, you know, the, that trigger word that triggers. I know it's funny because yeah. I got immediately enraged when you said it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, it can only matter when truly they all matter. Right. And mm -hmm. obviously, you know, um, like we all know all lives matter, but when, you know, when someone says black lives matter, it's not because we only think black lives matter. It's because, Hey, we want black lives to matter as well. 
as same mm-hmm. as everyone else's does. So, you know, when, you know, we are just super angry as a whole. And um, I've experienced some of the weirdest conversations amongst my friends or, you know, I, I still am going to consider them friends because of the relationships that we've had. But, you know, I'm, it's made me very distant you know, to, to some of them, because I'm like, I can't believe you don't understand my point of view. You know, when mm-hmm. I've endured your point of view for so long, like I'm just having you just, just to, you know, be sympathetic at the cause and all of the bigger issues that has caused us to feel this way about, you know, someone literally just dying in the street for no reason at all, regardless of their background, their history or what they've done. It is not the jobs, I'm sorry, it's not the cop's responsibility to be, you know, a judge, jury, and executioner. We have due process. If that person was a criminal, you arrest them, you hand them over to the judicial system, and you let the courts take care of it. But even at that level, it's it's really just messed up as well. There's just so yeah. many levels where if this man didn't die and he did go and he was able, he was able to make it to jail, he probably would have been screwed over in the court system anyway. He probably would have been thrown in jail for, you know, whatever reason they felt that he he resisted, you know, arrest, mm-hmm. where that's a whole nother story. How do you resist arrest, you know, uh, without, a, like, you need to be, get, you should be getting arrested for something, and then you resist. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to arrest you for what? For resisting arrest, what? Like, I can, <laughs> like, it just doesn't add up to me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I don't want to take, you know, too much of the time right now, but I just kind of wanted to get some of the things that I feel that um, I'm going to be, you know, um, bringing points to during this conversation. Um, But yeah, I I just really think that um, overall, the reason why this is happening, uh, the reason why we got to the boil point is because everyone is just tired. And I I love that we're all doing it together. I didn't actually think about that. And I was, I've Poor been Danny. thinking to myself, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, just, I have a lot to say and I'm so sorry, no, <laughs> but I'm going to be the loud one today. Um, <laughs> but I've been thinking about like about this and I'm like, what, what was so different? What changed this time? What makes this time so different than all of the other times that we've seen black men die on camera or just we've watched them die in the streets. What's, what's been so different. And you make a great point. The quarantine, like a lot of people are at home and they actually have to sit with this. They have to sit with this emotion. They had, you know, they watched it. And now like you have those feelings. You, you can't escape those now. That's in you. Now you have to do something. And thank you for that because I've really been racking my brain and I just could not figure it out. And it was really driving me crazy. (laughs) No, it's, it was racking my brain too. It's just, I, I, it really just came to me recently. Like, you know, like when I saw that every, every single state in America, even the, you know, um, even Alaska and Hawaii, Mm -hmm. they, Puerto Rico, all and Puerto Rico, all everywhere. They, there was a protest. Mm-hmm. There's a protest in solidarity to police brutality and to George Floyd and to Breonna Taylor, you know, and to mm-hmm. the countless names and hashtags that we've, you know, we, we try so uh, so hard to remember each of them, but they're they're coming so fast that it's it's hard to name them all. Um, of but course. you know, at the you know, as a human being, 
regardless of race, color, you are going to like, you know what? Yeah, this is fucked up. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's it's something needs to happen. So, um, but yeah, yeah, man, it's 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 crazy times. Hit it, Jack. <laughs> Okay, Um, so I also have been feeling anger. I've also been feeling upset um, about everything that's happening. I've cried numerous times. Um, I've watched a lot of protests that um, people who attend put on Facebook Live. And like there was one last weekend um, down at Legislative Hall in Delaware and Dover um, that was very, very moving. I mean, it was like a three-hour protest. I watched probably about two and a half hours of it. Um, to hear at first to see people coming together, uh, all people of all races, of all walks of life coming together, um, is a beautiful thing to see. Also to hear, um, people of color getting up and talking about the struggles that they've endured, um, the racist things that have happened to them, um, that I simply just, I, I can't understand because those things have never happened to me. Um, the conversations that the protesting um, has kind of brought about uncomfortable conversations that are good to have, okay? It's, it's good to have uncomfortable conversations. Um, and it, it sparked a lot of conversations between coworkers, between family, between friends. Um, and it's really opened my eyes and it's opened up a lot of other people's eyes too. Um, four year, it was, I think it was four years ago when Colin Kaepernick took a knee during... Um, during the song, the blitz, whatever, the, yeah, yeah, the anthem, yeah, yeah, that. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I took a lot of, I took that very personally. Um, I took a lot of offense to it because my family is a military family. My family, my uncles, my grandparents, military family, and I took a lot of offense to him kneeling during the national anthem uh, because I was focused on the how he was protesting and not the why. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't, I didn't get it. And I feel like if we had taken the time, if I had taken the time and people like me had taken the time to understand the why, rather than focusing on the how, maybe we would have made a lot more progress in the last four years than we have. Yeah. I'm going to, I meant to start by saying this, um, in the beginning, I meant to start by saying, um, not all cops are bad. Right. Matter of fact, the bad ones are probably a small percentage, but I do uh, relate to. So I want to start by saying that, but I do relate to um, something Chris Rock said in the stand up once where he said there's certain professions where there shouldn't be any bad apples. Like imagine if you got on your plane and you had to worry, is this one of the bad pilots? You know what I mean? Um, I think it's unfortunate in any group where the few bad people outshadow and then a majority of people judge them on, on, on the few. So I, I want to say that I, I do believe there are tons of great law enforcement out there that it sucks for them that unfortunately they're looked at as a whole based on mm-hmm. a, a few fucked up people. I'm just going to say what it is on, on some fucked but up see, people. Doesn't, but doesn't that suck? Hang on, let me finish my disclaimer. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, I won't take as long as DC, but... <laughs> um. My bad. And it, and again, it, it, I, like all of us, it's it's so much that I, I've wanted. I like I've probably thought about what I was going to say on this episode more than any other episode we've ever 
um, done. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, all protests aren't bad. And what I will say, while I don't think um, being opportunistic and destroying or, or looting because, hey, it's protests going on, might as well get me some free shit. Um, but sometimes you, when you got to get shit done and you're angry and you're backed into a corner, I'm not, I'm not saying it's right, but I, I get it because like Colin Kaepernick tried to protest peacefully and people had a problem with it and nothing got done. And, you know, this man's career suffered as a result of it and say whatever you want to say about it. There's been dozens of other type of silent protests like that. And if you want to th talk about riots, I mean, and looting, I, I, the Boston Tea Party <laughs> was rioting and looting be because the people were just tired of England's tyranny so much. So try, and again, it's hard to understand something when you haven't lived through it, right? I mean, I imagine you guys don't fear for your life when you get pulled over because you know you're speeding. And mm -hmm. so to, to live in that lens and then like, like Danielle understand how much you love Paige and then to worry about yourself and then worry about your child like that is, 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 is just all scary. So um, I think take everything with a grain of salt and be kind of compassionate to what people are going through, especially when you can, can understand it. Because I've said in some of the instances, some of the instances, uh, if somebody was threatening my life. I don't know that I might not shoot them and how many times I would shoot them either. But a lot of these instances are not that. Um, there, there I've is never, no gray I've never, I've, you know, I want to say that I've, you know, always understood like, yes, racist people, racist people exist. Um, no one I know is racist, you know what I mean? Um, but being able to listen to people talk about, you know, my friends and stuff talk about, you know, that they, you know, when they get dressed to go out, you know, running, they don't, you know, they don't run at night because they don't want to be seen as aggressive. They, uh, you know, take time to think about the clothes that they're putting on. So as if they were to be seen by a cop or, you know, someone else that they don't look like they're aggressive. I've never thought to myself when I get dressed in the morning, Oh, does this shirt make me look less aggressive? I've never thought right. when I'm getting pulled over, Oh, well, I'm just reaching for my insurance card are they going to see that as something else? Those thoughts have literally never, they've never crossed my mind. Um, and I didn't get it because I never understood white privilege. And I'm, I'm, yes, I'm not ashamed yes. to admit that I didn't understand it. And I'm proud to admit now after listening, taking the time and really listening to people um, talk that I can see it from I can see my white privilege a whole lot more. I always used to get irritated um, when people would say, not that people would say black lives matter, but I would, I would respond with, well, of course they matter. All lives matter. Um, but I see it now in a way that I didn't see it before. And that, yes, right. we're not saying that all lives don't matter, but the lives right now that are, you know, in danger, they're not all lives right now. They're black lives. And so until Black lives matter. All lives can't matter. And I did, I didn't get it. I didn't get it before. Um, so all of this protesting and people standing in streets and, you know, making their voices heard, it's working. It worked on me. Yeah. It's funny. I was going to read this meme that's been floating around just not for you guys, but just for other people who may be listening and need to be educated. 
and it says, uh, we said black lives matter. We never said only black lives matter. We know all lives matter. We just need your help with black lives matter for black lives that are in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like to shout out the people that are given like contributions to help some causes. Um, I love the support from some of these big companies. Um, I think Ben and Jerry's wins the, 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 the fuck racist award by far in their, in their response. But like, imagine going to work as a, as a black man or woman and you don't know how your company feels about the issue. And, you know, more than likely you're going to that job because you need the income from that job. And you're in that situation, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, whatever, whatever the number is. So I, I think it's cool for the people that work for some of these industries that have come out and, you know, spoken their voice. Every time I turn on the Amazon fire, Amazon says Black Lives Matter right on there. And whether they're jumping in the bandwagon, whatever, it, 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 it's nice to know that, you know, Amazon it, it appreciates my fourteen ninety nine or whatever the hell it is a month for that. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel for the people who have to go to work every day and, I don't know. I don't know, you know what they think. Why haven't they said it? You know, why and like why haven't right. you said anything? People, mm-hmm. you know, people haven't been speaking out and you know, silence silence says a lot more, I think, than anything else. And um, you know, yeah. I so I live in Smyrna, which is a very small town in Delaware, and there is a medical building where an ER is and where a couple of offices, medical offices are. And a couple of days ago probably I think maybe three or four days ago, four nurses on their lunch break that they get from 12 to one went out on the corner of the street and held up signs. I mean, and they were, I think it was two white women and maybe two black women. I'm not entirely sure. Um, But they held up signs on their lunch break the entire time from 12 to one, they stood outside. They didn't get in the streets. They didn't do anything. They stood on the side. They, you know, they were protesting as is their right, as is anyone's right. Um, and I'm also part of like a page for the community. It's called the Smyrna Clayton page. And I was disgusted by how many people hopped on that post telling them that they were disrupting traffic and that they, you know, they're nurses and they shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't be outside while they're, you know, at work, blah, 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 blah. Absolutely disgusted by the comments. I've gotten into a few, <laughs> a few arguments um, because I'm so bothered by it. And, okay, and it's not even affecting me, but I'm bothered by how people are perceiving these women who are standing outside sharing their disgust with the world with right. everyone who drives by, right? So when I tell you the next day, 30 people joined them on the side of the road. And uh, that is so touching to see. It really is. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that moves me even more, you know, so they were alone. It was just the four of them. And then the next day there were 30 people are donating water and donating snacks and joining them and people and kids and kneeling and standing. And what a beautiful sight. What I will Mm -hmm. tell you is that I've worked really hard. I think the first couple of days I was on Facebook and then I would scroll down to the comments and this, this, this is probably, it's funny. We talked about growth and forgiveness, uh, you know, two weeks in a row now, but this is the time I'm probably the most angriest and the most bitter. And I don't know if it's an accumulation of all the incidents. Um, 
there's a period where this was kind of a big issue in the country before and it, it toward the family that I was a part of. Like to, what's been really upsetting is when you learn like the word but has been really telling in a lot of people's responses to shit. And you start learning how people you genuinely respect or even admire to a degree, like personal people, like you learn how fucked up they're thinking. <laughs> like I, I can't even tiptoe around a fucking issue. And I'm actually mm-hmm. getting upset. My eyes are welling up. But mm-hmm. like it, I, I've been staying off of it because, you know, what? yes, I'm thankful to kind of understand now who I'm dealing with in these situations. But it, it's hurtful, too. You know what I mean? Like to, it, it feels like on top of everything else, I'm losing another person that I thought was a, was an ally. I thought that somebody that was on my side and kind of stood for because whatever you want to call it, there's no sides to this. It, it's it's humanity versus races. It, 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 mm-hmm. it, there's no fucking gray area, in my opinion. It, it's just, it's what's right. So I believed you were this person who believed in what was right and had integrity. And now I've found out, you've been exposed that you don't. You're not this great superhero that I've laid you out to be. And, you know, I look at my friends and family, in some instances, as people that are superheroes. So to, to learn that is... is frustrating as fuck um and then i will say because i'm sure dave you want to add to that because we kind of talked a little bit about that yesterday but i remember a period being naive i remember my uncle when i was younger and he would tell me stories about you know you want you don't want to behave this way or you want to do this because you don't want to be perceived <laughs> in x way or y z way whatever by white people and i would look at him like dude that that was the 60s it's the the 90s now that, that's not a big issue and then I was in high school and, you know, the Rodney King was kind of the first one that was, uh, was taped. And when they got acquitted, <laughs> they did riot in Newark. Um, that was like my junior year of high school. So like 92, I think it was. And then just as you get older as a black person, stuff starts I, fucking happening. <laughs> like, um, no, I just wanted to say, I wanted to see I how the story where I was hanging out with a friend of mine. Episode. She's a white girl. Amy, <laughs> well, job well done. <laughs> And she got into a fight in the bar and the, and the girl's yelling at her. And she was like, she was calling her like, you're a slut. You're a hoe and you're a bitch. And you're a fucking nigger lover. And I, and my first reaction was like, wow, who the fuck she say that to? <laughs> and so I looked around in the bar and I'm the only brown person in the fucking bar. And like, and then little stuff just, it started escalating, escalating to where I was working in the hospital. And, um, the, 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 the patient was like, oh. She's like, I had my husband was a senator and he did a lot of things for colored people like you. Like it just started, it kept happening and kept fucking happening. And yeah, so it's something that I've grown up with it. I'm just tired. I'm tired of tiptoeing it around it. I hate the fucking comment when people say, Well, I don't see color. That's mm-hmm. just as fucking racist as because we're all different. We all have unique culture. Like, I don't understand why this country loves our fucking culture so much. And profits off our fucking culture so much, but doesn't want to have shit to do with us. Not everybody, some of them. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That wasn't supposed no. to be a rant. No, no, that's okay. Um, the the I don't see color thing really fucks me up. Really fucks me up. You can clearly see it. And you saying that you don't see color, you are ignoring everything that black people have been through. You don't see it. Why? Why? That doesn't make any sense. You don't want to see it. You don't want to see what these people have been through. You want to close yourself off to that. You want to be naive or ignorant or whatever because you don't want to deal with that. No, 
that's not the way this works. You know what I think it is? I narrowed it down to this. And like, if you listen to the plight of Jewish people in the Holocaust and, you know, I, I remember hearing about it and talking about it in school. And then there were like two pages about the civil rights movement. But I think it's, it was easier because like, if Dave will tell you, Dave likes to tell new people all the time about the time where I've shit on myself because it's easier to talk about when somebody else shit on themselves. Right. Mm. But for most people, it's harder to acknowledge when you fucked up and when you shit on yourself. So it's mm -hmm. easier for Dave to point out to me like, yeah, that was wrong. You should have done something better, <laughs> but it might be harder for him to sit and tell the same story. And I think that might be part of why some people don't want to, you, you just, you don't want to, you, you choose to don't see it because you don't want to fucking acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, God. <laughs> I actually used that talking to somebody else the other day and I, I was like, I have to use that point again. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Why did everybody get quiet? Um, so you were talking about uh, the cops and it's a shame that um, a few bad apples ruins the barrel, right? So now everybody's looking at cops, all cops, like, oh, you're all bad. Not everybody, but most people, they'll look at cops and be like, oh, fuck them. Like, this is fuck. No. What? Um, and it's funny not funny at all, but it's what they did to black people. Yep. Yeah. yeah it's... Oh, so, I'm sorry. I was putting the connection together. I was yeah, like, it's, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. No, no. It makes you think. Um, so you you look at these cops and you're like, okay, well, I don't, I don't like all of them. Why? Because these they're bad. No. These, these couple might have fucked up. Sure. I'm sure a few black people have fucked up, just like everybody's yeah. fucked up. We're fucking human. I've, I've seen cops, cops of all colors and gender yeah. are fucked up. And then there yeah. are some great cops. I have cops in my family. Um, mm -hmm. I have cops that are friends. I have cops that, you know, um, actually surprisingly have a lot of my uh, like graduating class have become police officers and people that I, I knew. There were some that I'm like, yeah, I could have seen you turn into a cop. <laughs> you right. know? Like, um, and then there's others that I'm surprised of. And, you know, my my experiences with police officers have varied over the course of, you know, my time. And um, just so a little bit of extra background about me, I'm, you know, um, my parents uh, immigrated from Haiti um, in, the, in the 80s or 70s, whatever. Uh, I was born here. My father was a Haitian politician and he worked at the consulate in New York. So, you know, like we grew up Haitian, like the culture, the whole line, I speak the language, you know, I'm, I consider myself Haitian American, but growing up, you know, I've, you know, classified always as a black American or African American, because, you know, while I still have that Haitian culture, I also have the, the American, black American culture that I grew up on. And, um, no one can tell that, you know, my parents are from Haiti. Obviously, you know, regardless of where you are in the country, you're Black, regardless if you're African, Haitian, Jamaican, however you want to look at it. 
But I was gonna say I could tell, but go on. <laughs> you can tell, you can't there's some something, but you just have to really know it. But I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> no, you're fine. So my experiences with the police have varied and you know um the reason why I brought up my culture was because you know my parents, you know, have haven't had to experience what I experience when it comes to um you know, uh, you know, skin color. Now, there's there's a huge problem of colorism in Haiti, where you know, depending on how dark skin or light skin you are, does put you in a specific class, which is something that you know they're working on on their own. Uh, but they haven't had the experience of being you know subjugated by you know um, a white police officer uh, based off of profiling, you know, um, and. My mother's never had that conversation with me. She's never, like those card conversations that you see these black parents having with their children at such a young age. Like, you know, if you, if you get into an altercation with the police, if, you have to go, if you're going somewhere, you know, make sure that you are respectful. Make sure that hands out of pockets. Don't put your hoodie on. Why are you wearing those colors? You know, um, you know there's so many different things as, you know, growing up black, you know, really... Um, as a child, you need to learn just so you can go outside because you don't want to offend anyone. But I was lucky enough that my mother instilled in me, you know, um, respect of authority, you know, regardless of who it is. Like she, cause she's Christian woman leaves honor thy mother and thy father and the whole nine. So she's just like, you know, she always instilled in us like respect authority. You know, if, if they someone asks you a question, answer respectfully, you know, and, you know, just don't talk back. So but she meant that in, you know, talking to, you know, when you're talking to adults and, you know, someone that's, you know, that you should An be elder, respecting. Right. Exactly. And I always, you know, of course, and in my mind, I always looked at the police as that that's the same way, just naturally. So when I would be pulled, when I would get pulled over, I was just automatically respectful, you know, and I just made sure that I, you know, um, it, it, was, it, it was a borderline fear, though, like the way that she because there's, you know, there's this whole thing in fear when it comes to like, you know, Christianity, like, you know, you know, there's like love God, but fear God, love your parents, but fear your parents in a respectful way. So there was like always this underlining fear that I had when I was pulled over by the police and I never really understood why. Um, as I grew older, like Roman, when he started seeing more and more um, of how, you know, we are treated as a race, um, and it starts to compound, and you're like, like, this is kind of fucked up, whatever. And every altercation I've had with the police has, I've always been respectful. And each cop has treated the situation differently. Um, not to go into detail about <laughs> uh, why I had uh a warrant, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> hey, been there, done that. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, but um, and uh, but even for that situation, you can even if you really dig into it, 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 it could it could have been a form of racism that he might have had against me. Not the cop, the person that you know uh, that. Oh, I just remembered. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, probably. He, he, yeah, you know, I mean, this is, yeah, because I, I really never dug into it. I knew that he was racist. Like, it was obvious he was. This was an older boss, sorry. This was an older boss that, um, uh, white man from uh, southern New Jersey, which might as well be, you know, uh, Mobile, Alabama, 
Um, <laughs> oh, no offense to Mobile Alabama, if anyone's <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, seriously, it was like, you know, um, long story short, anyway. So we had a situation. He was my old boss. He, um, <laughs> he actually uh, said that I was harassing him. And he tried to take me to court for harassment. And it was ridiculous. I made a meme of him, and he didn't like it. <laughs> That's essentially it what happened. before there was such thing as a meme. Yeah, but I made a meme of him, and he was a harasser. He took a picture of me without my you know, consent and this, that, and the other. And uh, either way, um, I had to go to court, and it was ridiculous. I got it taken care of. Um, it was dismissed. But he was so proactive of trying to just really fuck me over that he went back and filed it again. Like, uh, he appealed it. He could have just let it go because he wasted my time already. I had to get a lawyer. Like, at that point, you know, I was fired. You know, it was all done with. He, you know, he, he, he humiliated. You know, it was hard for me to admit this, you know, for a while. But he humiliated me. And he essentially won. I, you know, I felt that he always won in that situation. Um, mm-hmm. Even though nothing happened in court. But then he just felt, no, I need my time. And like, this, like he was trying to make sure that, he destroyed me for whatever reason. Anyway, I digress. So that's why I had the warrant. <laughs> because I was just going to say real quick, it, it's kind of yeah. like the, the lady where they showed the video that happened, unfortunately, the same day as George Floyd's killing, oh, where she Amy was used, weaponizing the police against you because yes. you're black. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm funny, I've never thought about it that way until kind of listening to you kind of play it back and even think about some of my interactions where the first time I met that particular person, he says, hey, you want to get something for lunch next door? There's a pet smart. Like, yeah, like, yeah, he said some borderline real racial stuff. And I've experienced a lot of racial stuff at in workplaces. And you kind of just, like, kind of let it go because it's like, you know, because you, you think it's normal. You know, I'm like, you know, I used to think, like, altercations with the police officers, like, having guns drawn on me or being in handcuffs. I thought everyone would do that. I thought it was just cops, all cops were just dicks to everyone. You know, like, and I and I wasn't aware where, you know, um, and I'm I'm most of my jobs I'm always kind of like the token, you know, so like the only person of color there. And when I had when I you know I get cool with them and I explain my situations and I tell them like, yeah, like you've never been pulled over before, never been pulled over before. <laughs> Let alone like you never had a you never had been in handcuffs, you've never been thrown in back of a paddy wagon. Like, no, why would that happen? I'm not that type of person. I'm like, well, I'm not that type of person either. I've done, you know, I've done nothing wrong. This, if you get to know me, I'm, I'm usually classified as this big, sweet teddy bear and stuff like that. Um, but it does happen, and and like I said, the issue that I've realized um, with my altercations with the police has always never set well with me because mm-hmm. I've realized I've really done nothing wrong. Like they've never, you know, had a reason to interact the way they have with me. There's been aggressors that have been black, you know. Like I said, you know, the, the problem with the police is, is it's really the color blue. To tell you the truth, you know, there's definitely been tons of whites as well. There's been Asians, there's Hispanics. It's just all around. Um, but I guess the point I'm trying to get to here is that I've had police officers that have you know, heard me out. So I had this one cop, a New Jersey state trooper, um, really small guy. Like he literally had to be like, no lie, like maybe four, eight, 
<laughs> State trooper. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm six four. You know, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but he looked like he was borderline midget. And he came out of the police car, and then he, you know, he license registration. No, I'm pulling me over for. Um, I'm like, you know, he was like, you were you know, speeding. I'm like, All right, yeah, okay. I I, I agree. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, he ran my information. He comes back to the car and he goes. You know, he was like, hey, I have a warrant out, you know, for your arrest. Um, I was like, a warrant? He's like, yeah, there's, and then he said, I don't know what it's for, but you have, a, you know, you have a bell set for like $50,000. $50,000? Like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? what is going on? And, and then, you know, and he took and. And like I said, he handcuffed me. He put me back of the of the squad car, and I was pleading with him. I was like, "Officer, listen, this is a big misunderstanding. You know, the only thing that I could think of was the situation that I had with this boss, that you know, uh, that was, you know, that was settled. You know, everything was handled. There's no reason for it, you know, to still. And that might be a mistake. They might have never taken it out of the system. So he asked me questions: what, which county or which um, court? This was filed in the Senate. So he he took some time to get on the cell phone. He's calling his contacts. Comes to find out that he when he called, they reached out there they to where it was issued. Now this is where God's plan comes into play. They essentially um, realized that it was um, there was no warrant. Like we can't find anything in the system. And the police officer could have still just took me in, but you know he took the time to do that, and he actually. You know, he's like, you know what? In our system, it shows that you have a warrant. They're saying they can't find anything in our system. So I am going to release you, you know, but you need to go get this taken care of immediately. If another cop pulls you over, they may not be as, you know, um, basically saying as nice as I am right now. And that's probably the only time I've actually had a, a really good experience with the police. And this guy could have been completely terrified of me six four like i'm huge i'm tiring over this guy i was wondering how he cuffed you and then put you <laughs> yeah. in the back of us i was like oh. you fit in the back of a squad car yeah. i barely barely you i know, was my, just my... picturing you know when he walks up to your car and he has like... to look up to you yeah <laughs> while he's still so, seated in the car <laughs> right, right. so i you know I, I i tell this story uh because not you know I, i'm really angry at the police i i do think that you know, um, the silence that police have amongst each other when they see, you know, um, you know, uh, injustice happening to, to people, you know, like, the, like the, the cops that stood around and let, you know, this cop, you know, kill George Floyd. You know, they saw what we saw, you know, they, but they, they stood silent because it's like, you know, you can't go against your, your brotherhood. You can't go against the blue line, you know, and, and that's not their job. Yeah, their is. job is to protect the community. Exactly. And that's against not what you're doing, this, bud. Yep. Against themselves as well, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, and there's an oath. They take a little oath of what their responsibility is. Mm -hmm. Um so so yeah, so my experiences with the police have varied. And I, I wanted to share again that that specific situation, um, because it could have gone totally different. You know, this guy could have took me in. It could have been a different cop. And he could have took my pleas for help as aggression. 
Mm-hmm. And I always was just, you know, like I thought about that moment a lot because, like I said, being handcuffed and thrown in the back of a of a car, and I didn't know what was going to happen, you know. And I, the entire time, I was afraid. I was thinking about all the other situations that happened with altercation with right. police, like and like all of that was traumatizing. And I remember telling myself that that was the last time that I ever, ever, ever want to be involved in in altercation with police. And I've done everything in my power to avoid it. Right. But I was going to say, it, it is weird because people don't understand where I'll say, I've said in the past, like, well, I don't want to go there, you know, any particular place at this particular time, because I don't know what might happen if I'm there at night and I get pulled over or like, I, I forget who was watching me one time trying to place my registration and my insurance card, like, in a place where it didn't have to be in my glove oh, compartment yeah. or they're like, just put it in the glove compartment. I'm like, fuck, no, it's not going to the no, glove compartment. No. And like, it has to be someplace that it's super visible. And I will say like, I try when I've gotten pulled over, I try and understand this is a person doing his job. And my hope is that they're, they're, I think one guy had even said, you know, I'm just watching out for your safety. So you want to slow down. I was like, damn, I feel good about that. But you just never know what's going to happen when you come mm-hmm. to the car. Like, I pull my car over, stop, turn the car off, put the key on the dashboard so you can physically see. I'm not a threat. I'm not yeah. speeding off. I'm not going anywhere. I roll and like you said, I'm, I'm respectful. Like, I've seen videos of people, like, cursing the cops out when they come up to the car. And I, I yeah. couldn't imagine. Like, that thought would never come to my mind that that's okay. I've seen white yeah. people <laughs> do that. Let's be very clear. I've seen, I've seen some real crazy stuff with... You know how you know, and yeah. the thing is, they're right to do so. Like I pay, I pay your fucking salary. You know, I pay taxes and... in this town, and you work for me, stuff like that. You know, and black people are more like, you know, like always. It's always a plea for like, what's disrespectful is usually like, yo, I didn't do anything wrong. Why are you bothering me? Please don't. Like, it's always a plea, but it's like, oh, why, why are you, you know, fighting with the police? Why are you resisting? It's because they're handcuffing me for no reason. Like being, I don't know if you guys ever been put in handcuffs before. It really, wow. re- like, I'm just imagine. <laughs> Those don't count. Oh, oh. <laughs> Not furry ones. <laughs> but, but if you ever been put in like in handcuffs, it, it really, you know, um, it really, it takes something away from you in that moment. Like you, you feel stuck you like you like like now imagine just not being able to just like you want to just be able to stretch your arms out but you can't you know and it start i start hyperventilating you start feeling you start getting hot and bothered and, and it's always and i'm not good in small spaces so now it's a cruise car yeah i felt trapped i'm like yo like not knowing what's going to happen um mm-hmm. so it's just just the fact that you know when i see my brothers, you know, resist. It's because, like, I feel like I would want to as well, you know. Um, and it takes a lot in me not to do that because I want to make it home. Because in my mind, I always know, like, if I'm in a situation with a police officer, my life is in danger, which is ridiculous to think of. Your life should be in danger with criminals. With as a person that, who's not a criminal. Yeah, yeah, as a person that's not a criminal, but I feel like my life is literally in danger every time I have an altercation with a police officer. Um, and it's when it's over, it's like a fresh breath there. And then you start realizing, like, yo, I really kind of 
You know, I you feel like you invaded death. You feel like you just came back from war. And it's ridiculous for a group of people to feel that way all the time, regardless if you are a gangbanger or if you are a retail sales manager at a fucking AT&T store. It's just like, you know, it, it doesn't matter what you do or who you are. We all always feel the same. And, and that's something that, uh, to circle back to what Romano was saying earlier, it's because, you know, why do some people cannot sympathize with how we feel about the situation with George Floyd? It's because they never have to, they have the privilege of never going through a situation with a police officer. Where Absolutely. Their, their I sit here and I'm, you know, I'm listening to, you know, you talked about that happening. I've never, uh, I've, that literally has never happened to me. Like no one's ever pointed a gun at me. I've never been handcuffed. I've never, you know, when I get stopped by the police, they simply just ask me for my license and my registration. I've never dealt, I've never thought when I'm reaching into my glove compartment, how that could be perceived as anything other than me doing what they asked me to, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and that's just simply a matter of me not, I'm never going to be able to understand how that feels because it has never and probably will never happen to me because of my white privilege. Um, and that makes me feel awful for having it. You know what I mean? I, I feel bad for having white privilege because I don't want anyone else to feel the way that you guys are feeling, but you can use yeah. it. Right. And yes, so, yes. and that's it's the thing, weapon, yeah. you know, to stand up beside your fellow man or woman and stand up for them and to be there for them and, you know, to check in and see how people are doing for one. I think that's really important too, to yes. ask how people are doing and feeling um, I think that's really important too. And I want to do my best to be there for everyone, all my friends, um, especially my friends that are people of color. Um, you know, I was sitting here thinking, I was talking with a coworker yesterday, um, someone who comes to my office every other Friday. Um, and I asked her, you know, how are you feeling with everything going on? And we were talking and, um, we were talking about, you know, attending protests and stuff like that. And I haven't attended any of the protests. I've been there, you know, I've watched them. Um, yesterday, my place of employment sent out an email saying that um, at one o'clock, all employees that work for Christiana Care are welcome and um, invited to go outside and stand or kneel for eight minutes and 46 seconds. That's shout out um, to them. That's so fucking dope. It was very sombering um so i went outside at one o'clock um with people that i don't know you know because it's just me and the other girl in my office with people that i don't know and it was eight minutes and 46 seconds of silence and it is a long time i don't know if anyone's done yes. standing still and not talking for eight minutes and 46 seconds it's a long time um mm -hmm. i wasn't on the ground no one had a knee to my neck Okay. Um, at the end of that eight minutes and 46 seconds, I walked back into my office. And at the end of the day, I went home to my family. Um, George Floyd didn't get to do that because he was murdered. Um, so it's very, very sombering and eye opening um, to kind of witness that silence amongst all other people who were standing up and want to be there for their fellow man. Um, 
you know, I've heard in the past people say, you know, this is a scary time to kind of have kids and you don't want to raise your children um, in this type of a setting because you never know what's going to happen and all that kind of stuff. But what if rather than being afraid to raise our kids in this world, what if we raise our kids to change the world, right? I've heard people say that the only way you're going to fix this is to, I mean, not that you could, but you would almost get rid of everybody from a particular generation back and just kind of start over. Right. right so they did Planet of the Apes, uh, the original. <laughs> kind of like what COVID's doing. <laughs> yeah, honestly. COVID's taking out the old yep. people. <laughs> so, they gotta go. Ashlyn, no. <laughs> but yes, I. <laughs> No, no, it's it's. Don't worry, Ashlyn is a habitual thought, line stepper. <laughs> Ashlyn, I thought I, I, I thought about it. You know, um, you know, like um, I thought about that, <laughs> but um, I, I think that um, it's also taking thirty four percent of black people out too. It yeah, is, yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I was actually so I was talking with my friend Kelsey the other day, um, and she was living in. Um, San Francisco for school and right now she's in yes she was um, right now she's in Orange County Florida with her boyfriend and so I called her to see how she was doing and they're they're both black and she's one of my best friends in the whole fucking world I called her and I was like how are you she just fucking broke down and obviously I cried too because that's just what I do I'm like you're crying I'm crying okay cool Mm -hmm. Um, so eventually we got to talking um and i talked to her a little bit about um epigenetics and um inherited traumas that are passed down and we talked about covid and um blood types do you guys know what blood types you have oh positive I do me not. too i have a positive we can share kidneys I mean, organs. <laughs> Kidneys. Um, I don't know my blood type. I always say I should. Um, so I think um, I think it's A, B, or um, B positive. They're more susceptible to getting COVID, and more Black people tend to have that blood type. Um, I didn't know that. Also yeah. why they're more susceptible to sickle cell anemia. And mm. other ailments, lives, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. So we were. You've researched this, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm sure you did, yeah. but just had to ask. Come on. Thank you. Yeah, fact checkers on the internet, like she don't know what she's saying. You know? yeah. It's funny because I, our listeners are probably like, "Damn, he hasn't mentioned that damn book in epigenetics in weeks." And here comes Ashley <laughs> right back. <there. laughs> And I I guess kind of sum it up because we could tell a story. Like as Dave was talking, I forgot about an encounter I had with the Denver Police Department where they made me empty my glove compartment because I had chargers and shit in the car from working at AT AT&T and I was leaving work. And I some of them, I guess I've blocked out because I just did not want to remember that trauma. But I I think it's important we talk about our leader, right? Um, I will not say any one person is great is all good or all bad. Uh, I, I will acknowledge a person for what they've contributed. And I will say the Trump administration that, that previous to this contributed to a great economy and a lower unemployment rate, whether it's stemmed, it was left over from Obama's 
uh, presidency, whatever you want to say, you know, if you if you have stocks, they were doing great. <laughs> they were less than <laughs> unemployed. And I, I kind of almost used to kind of use that to forgive some of the other things that that, that this man has done. But I, I think at this point, there there's no and granted, I don't think any politician is a perfect human being, mm-hmm. right? But this, this guy's fucked up. He's <laughs> about forty five. Yeah. Idiot. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, and we're I, definitely not getting that second twelve hundred now for sure. Oh hell no! They're like, oh, he's like, oh, you, you burnt down that twelve hundred dollars. You know, that's that's my terrible impression. But um, <laughs> I don't need I, it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, I do need it, but I don't, <laughs> no. it. I don't care. I don't want no, it. I seriously, you know, was hoping we were getting to the point of talking about, you know, about this situation with MAGA and all this other stuff and why. And I wanted to know, I want to know what what attracted him to a certain group of people. Um, and I, you know, there there are, you know, and when we think about, you know, you know MAGA supporters, we, we assume like, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, poor or um, poor class white Americans, because that's where not, he. Not necessarily, but yeah. No, I, no, I agree. I like that was what I thought, and then mm-hmm. as I started, as time started to go on, I'm like, yo, there's a lot of middle class white Americans mm-hmm. that do support this man, and they had they believe in the ideology of. In, in, a, in a, an extremely weird way. And then there's also people of color that do also support him too. I'm like, what are you... Now, at that point, I'm like, I'm mad. You know, like, I I think anyone can believe in, you know, uh, I, don't, I may not agree with you and I might tell you, like, that's stupid, but I also do believe that you have the right to be stupid and you want to believe whatever you want to believe in, right? Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I... So, like I said, I, I had this, you know, I used to work with him and we, um, and what's great about um, the social media allows you to like meet up with people that you haven't seen or been with or hang out with for a while. And we have these little group, you know, DMs that we do with a specific group and we all meme each other a bunch of stuff every day. So we stay in contact every day. But then it, it turned into this political group chat where, you know, it was, he Trump super Trump supporter, conspiracy theorist. You know he's Puerto Rican, um, and we always used to go back and forth with you know like like a lot of different things. Like I'm like he's like but he's so he's for black people. He does reform. You know black unemployment has gone down. I'm like that's stuff that's kind of he inherited. And of course you know you don't applaud you do not applaud a fish for swimming. Yes, he's still the president. He still has to do things for the people. Whether, you know, because like I said, he has put, implemented some policies that are go- generally going to be good for us. But that's what he's supposed to do. That's not, like, I'm not supposed to applaud him for doing stuff like that. I want to, but what I do want to see is how he, you know, presents himself and how he talks about real issues and how he condemns, you know, alt right America or, you know, Nazis or, or how he will, you know, uh, recognize that there is real issues in America with, you know, black. He doesn't never. He never does that. He does nothing presidential. And this guy would fight with me and like sending me these. Like he would. He would always send me these stupid videos of something going on, 
and I would always have to fact check so easily to fact check stuff. I become a professional fact checker with this guy. And I would always send it before I respond to him, I'm like, yo, here it is. And he always has to like, you know, like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Or I, he would, and then I see him in the comments of whatever you sent me, or oh, you should take this down. I found that this isn't true. Like it's some mm-hmm. fake news stuff. And I, and it goes on and on and on. But now with the situation that's been going on with George Floyd and the riots and stuff like that, it gone to a whole other level. I can't talk to the man no more. I cannot talk to the man no more. And the thing is we have a lot in common outside of our political views. You know, we have a lot in common where, you know, you know, we, I can see me being, you know, really good friends with this person, you know, for a long time. But then now it's like, how do I remain friends with this person knowing that he literally does not give a shit about my life? That's how I take it. I think it's super personal. You know, he, and, and, and the other people in other groups, they're, they're, they're fed up, you know, and they are actually real best friends. Like they grew up together, like in high school and stuff like that, that he introduced me to him and stuff like that. And they're, and we're all just trying to co- like, not even convince him that he's wrong, <laughs> but show him like, you need to be more compassionate. You can believe in what you want to believe in, but at least understand our plight, understand our issues. And I realized that it, snowballed into me going into other people's comments and and like arguing with people and i realized that people just don't get it and it's very upsetting or don't want to follow this man or they don't want to and they follow this man and it's killing like i don't understand a i feel for the members of the military that are put in a position to have to fight against a citizen (laughs) That you're protected. I think your dad posted something about like he would have trouble <laughs> taking that order. To 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 tweet, <laughs> to tweet. If they're looting, shoot them. Like, yeah. No regard for human <laughs> life. Um, and then the comment yesterday, I think it was. It'll be two days ago for you guys who <laughs> listen to this. But to to say, I think what is the exact comment that the, I, I think George would be proud. That we're in a good place. What's the exact comment? I don't want to. Oh, um, we're talking about how unemployment's too. going back up, and George Floyd, who who was shot dead, taken away from it. I mean, he's 40, 46 he's years old. He's looking down, like looking down, smiling. Yeah, that's something. what it was. Yeah, forty-six yeah. years old, yeah. only two years older than me. Young, you know what I mean? It, it it's fucked up. Like. And I used to be afraid, well, I don't want people who I respect to do like the guy to, to, to worry about what I think about. I, I, I can't, you can't hide behind the truth. Like the, I said in the, I think I said during the election, like, you know, yeah, Hillary's a liar and Trump may be a racist and a bigot and a womanizer, but at least he's obvious. You know who he, what he's telling you what he is. And I've never seen a president publicly try and divide the nation the, the, the way it has been. Like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that, and I, you know I can go into a whole list of why you want to divide a people into you yeah. know in a whole list of conspiracy yeah. theories, but there'll be exactly. like a four hour episode. But yeah. I do I do feel there's like a, a bigger reason behind it. He's not just blindly doing this or, or anything like that. But I uh, just wanted to do a quick shout out to uh, the mayor of DC, Muriel Bowser. Yo, yo, yeah. the type of petty that I want to inspire to. Yes. Uh, because the thing is, it leads right to that White House, but 
<laughs> this is the path that Marine One flies over <laughs> to Alabama. <laughs> so he has to see he has to see the the writing on the street as he flies over. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to be just like her when I grow up. And I just want to give yeah. a big shout out. If you don't know what we're talking about, Nero Bowser, check it out. Uh, she uh, named a plaza near uh, the White House. The one, um, the street leading Black to the White Matters, House. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the street leading to the White House, Black Lives Matter Plaza. Um, and they wrote in really bright yellow brick words, Black Lives Matter right on the street. It's amazing. Go take a look at it. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud of that. But shout out to her. Absolutely. <laughs> Anybody else have anything that we haven't uh, kind of contributed already? Because, like I said, I, I think um, we can keep going on, but I don't want to cut the conversation short just for the sake of time. But if anybody hasn't had a point that they've, um, um, I do. Okay, I got one more thing. Thank you, because I didn't um, know what I was saying. I know, and I was trying to let you finish your thought, but then it didn't look like the thought was coming out, so I just figured I'd start. No, it was stuck. Um. Another thing, um, so in Delaware, they've been doing a lot of protests. Like every day they've been doing protests in the street and they do it at prime time. They do it at like 4.35 o'clock and people are getting off work and they are standing in the middle of the street and they're protesting. And I have seen so many PB notices. I watch it because I'm, you know, proud that they're, you know, making themselves heard and making their voices heard. And to see some of the comments these people are making online about, oh, well, you know, it's fine for them to protest, but protest on the side of the street. If people protest on the side of the street, you're going to drive right by them. You know what you are noticing when they're standing in the middle of the street? You're hearing them. You're seeing them. Yeah. So take the time rather than saying, oh, I've got to get home. I wish they wouldn't be there. Take the time to acknowledge why they're there. Listen to the words that they're saying instead of wanting to just drive right by them. Okay. Yes, it might be an inconvenience for you to be stopped in traffic, but it's more of an inconvenience when people are dying. Okay. It's more of an inconvenience that people have to stand in the middle of the street to bring awareness to the people that are being murdered, Mm -hmm. to the racism that's in the world that's more important than you getting home in time for dinner. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Just so you could get home. Um, I will say, I guess kind of a final thought. This has to be more than a moment. Um, I think we've had brief moments before where it seems like it's going to change. I remember reading about talking about how after Martin Luther King was killed and the riots that ensued, Two days later, I think the number is, I apologize if my dates are wrong, but I think it was like two or three days later, they finally released the Civil Rights Act because I think people were up in arms. Um, It's a shame that it took, you know, 50 states and however many other countries in the world to to bring about this and the change. And, you know, we focused on the cops, but don't forget about the, the, the three guys that chased the guy... Oh God, I'm so fucking emotional right now that I can't think straight. But they weren't even currently a police officer. I mean, I know he was an ex-cop, but or or George Zimmerman fucking walking around still who who shot Trayvon Martin and he auctioned the gun that he shot him off with and some sick fuck bought it. So, you know, I don't, it's again, like I think I started the episode with, it's more than just about black against white. It's humanity against racism. Um, I applaud all the people who have made an effort to, to, to see the other thing. Like Danielle was very transparent about how she previously felt and how, what she's done and how she feels currently. And I applaud mm-hmm. all those people because like Dave and um, Ashley said at the beginning, as I'm looking at this stuff, I've never seen so many 
other races march side by side with us mm-hmm. and that's fucking awesome um what'd you guys learn today i don't even, well, if we won't even I have a question yeah i have a quick question so just i just need an opinion real quick i want i don't necessarily want to argue with my grandfather so my grandparents have raised my cousin for those of you that don't know my cousin is mixed my grandparents trump supporters my grandfather says racist shit sometimes how do i get rid of this man if this is not okay he's like a 67 year old man he's 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 is deep rooted i'm gonna be honest with you um and just i've been trying for years yeah it's common. We have been trying for years. When we talk, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> racist white people try to make them understand. So we understand your situation. Um, there's, you know, it's, you know, re- racism does start from. It, it is nurture. It is nurture. I don't care what anyone says. You know, mm-hmm. you know people are not born inherently racist or see color and all the other stuff. So it's it's instilled in him for sixty something years. This is his ideology. It would have to take an act of god you know a a real traumatic situation where it was revolved around race that affected him personally Personally, for him to get it and that is just that that just doesn't happen in real life so you the only thing that you can do is the only fight that you can do is let letting him know that it's wrong continue letting him know how you feel don't stay silent let him know make him uncomfortable for wanting to feel that way. At the very least, you can get them to stop saying it out, outright. But internally, mm-hmm. he's always going to feel the way he feels. Don't get me wrong, there are people that can change. And I was gonna say, people oh, can change, but, but it's only when you decide to make a change. And yes, there are people yes. who have decided, this is how I feel, I'm not right, and I'm not listening to anything else. And that's unfortunate exactly. for those type exactly. of people. He's gotten better over the years. It's not completely like gone away. Um, but it's nowhere near as bad as it used to be, but it's still there. And I love See, my pup up to death. I really do. And he's, he's a great guy aside from that. Cause it really fucking kills me. And not to you or your, your, your grandfather specifically, but fuck the word, but <laughs> there is no, but you're either racist or you're fucking not. Whether you say yeah. it one time a day or three times a week, yeah. it, there's no fucking, but <laughs> that's been one of the words that has killed me the most through the, I, I, there was days I'm where I just racist, deleted but... the Facebook app off of my fucking phone because I did not want to be tempted to read the shit. I didn't yeah. care to see the shit. I just for my soul, like I, I'm trying to deal with it because obviously I have to deal with white people, and I know that not all white people or cops are bad, and so I don't want to be bitter. I think w- one thing I, I forgot to mention earlier that I've seen post a lot too that the world should be glad that I think as a race overall we are very forgiving people. And that we're just looking for equality and justice, not fucking revenge. Not revenge. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then lucky yeah. it's not revenge. You know, and I, I kind of want to, you know, um, leave you guys with this analogy that I actually watched yesterday. Some of you might have seen it on uh, that I posted it up. Um, the Monopoly young, thing? Yeah, the Monopoly thing. Yes. This young lady, you know, did you get a chance to see it? Yeah. Yes. I did. I was actually, yeah. I wrote down, it's funny. I reposted I it to the Damage Goods um, I watched story. it at lunch and I wrote it oh, down okay, because good, I was going to yeah. mention it. <laughs> Because yeah. it's like, if you haven't had a chance, go to Damage Goods and take a look at that that um, that video. She explained it really well in terms that a child can understand it. 
you know, and mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, quickly to, to acknowledge the, the uh, what she mentioned was that for four, think about playing Monopoly and for 400 rounds, you're playing against someone that has a, an advantage over you and you're, the way that you're actually uh, having to, you know, provide them with the wealth off of your own sweat and tears and they don't give you anything back. And then for another 50 years, they, she talks about how, okay, you know, during the civil rights movement or 50 rounds, they essentially are, um, you know, I don't want to be best at I'm going to drop it here. <laughs> yeah. That economics was the reason that black people were brought to this country. We came to do the agricultural work in the South and the textile work in the North. Do you understand that? That's what we came to do. We came to do the agricultural work in the South and the textile work in the North. Now, if I right now, if I right now decided that I wanted to play Monopoly with you and for 400 rounds of playing Monopoly, I didn't allow you to have any money. I didn't allow you to have anything on the board. I didn't allow for you to have anything. And then we played another 50 rounds of Monopoly and everything that you gained and you earned while you were playing that round of Monopoly was taken from you. That was Tulsa. That was Rosewood. There are those are places where we built black economic wealth, where we were self-sufficient, where we owned our stores, where we owned our property, and they burned them to the ground. So that's 450 years. So for 400 rounds of Monopoly, you don't get to play at all. Not only do you not get to play, you have to play on the behalf of the person that you're playing against. You have to play and make money and earn wealth for them, and then you have to turn it over to them. So then for 50 years, you finally get a little bit and you're allowed to play. And every time that they don't like the way that you're playing or that you're catching up or that you're doing something to be self-sufficient, they burn your game. They burn your cards. They burn your Monopoly money. And then, finally, at the release and the onset of that, they allow you to play and they say, okay, now you catch up. Now, at this point, the only way you're going to catch up in the game is if the person shares the wealth, correct? But what if every time you share the wealth, then there's psychological warfare against you to say, oh, you're an equal opportunity higher. So if I played 400 rounds of Monopoly with you and I had to play and give you every dime that I made and then for 50 years, every time that I played, I, if you didn't like what I did, you got to burn it like they did in Tulsa and like they did in Rosewood. How can you win? How can you win? You can't win. The game is fixed. So when they say, why do you burn down the community? Why do you burn down your own neighborhood? It's not ours. We don't own anything. We don't own anything. There is, Trevor Noah said it so beautifully last night. There's a social contract that we all have that if you steal or if I steal, then the person who is the authority comes in and they fix the situation. But the person who fixes the situation is killing us. So the social contract is broken. And if the social contract is broken, why the fuck do I give a shit about burning the fucking football hall of fame, about burning a fucking target? You broke the contract when you killed us in the streets and didn't give a fuck. You broke the contract when for 400 years we played your game and built your wealth. You broke the contract when we built our wealth again on our own by our bootstraps in Tulsa and you dropped bombs on us. When we built it in Rosewood and you came in and you slaughtered us. 
You broke the contract, so fuck your target. Fuck your Hall of Fame. As far as I'm concerned, they could burn this bitch to the ground. And it still wouldn't be enough. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. I would leave my last little part on all this, I'd say, is that um, I think we need to continue to support people of color. I think we need to continue to stand together, get more people to stand together, um, because what is going on right now is making an impact. It's making an impact. It's helping raise awareness. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to change the world. I think, damn right it is. I think it is. what's going to be different for me, I won't talk about what I learned today because none of this is new shit to me, unfortunately. Mm-mm. But I think what's going to be different for me, I think in the past, I would tiptoe around um, an issue, right? You know, maybe if it's, if it's somebody that I consider a friend or, you know, a boss or a coworker, I would tiptoe around the issue because, you know, you're not supposed to talk about politics at work. Or, I think the problem is when you're encouraging people not to talk about things, they never get to communicate and then under, work out differences and understand where each other's coming from. So I almost mm-hmm. think that's a bad behavior to say what you should and shouldn't talk about. But I'm not going to bite my tongue anymore. Um, there was a period in life where I was with someone and their family disagreed and almost made me feel like I had to shut up to be accepted in that family. And so this is traumatic for me in that sense, too, because in the beginning, I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't say anything. You know, uh, maybe maybe I'm not supposed to say anything. Maybe I'm just supposed to feel this by myself and maybe, you know, talk with my brothers. But no, I'm not. If you ask me how I feel about it, be prepared to hear truly and unapologetically how I feel about it. Yeah. I feel you, man. Like, you know, no, no more, you know staying silent on both sides um i appreciate you guys definitely opening up and you know uh and and really talking about this because it it does make a difference you know um i I think what's going to change for people like ashton like your grandfather is hearing this from people that they can relate to you know at some point and while it may not affect your grandfather if you know anyone in your family is listening or is has been in any way um, skewed by your grandfather's point of views, you standing up to it will certainly help them understand that this isn't right. And they'll grow up, you know, in in good conscience and and try to stop it as well. So keep doing that. And Daniel, thank you so much for just sharing, you know, your experiences and how you've had a change of heart in, in certain situations. And I do appreciate that as well. And I just wanted to say, I appreciate everyone, period. Love you guys. Thank you so much for my period. Uh, I love period. you guys period. too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thanks guys. Thank you for having me. Any this final thoughts be- before I have a uh... welcome back, Ashlyn? Thank you. <laughs> We're glad to have you. I've missed yeah. you. I've um, missed you. If you'd like to learn more or interact with us, discuss- let me say this. <laughs> On Ashlyn's behalf and Bell's behalf, who pr- primarily manage these pages, nobody's going back and forth with you <laughs> because I'm sure there will be comments, perhaps, maybe. Nobody's going back and forth with you. Your, your ignorant comments are, are, are ignored because if you like to have a real conversation, 
talk real. Don't be a fucking mm-hmm. pussy and hide behind your fucking keyboard on your phone or your keyboard on your laptop. Yes. You know, expose yourself. For the, yeah, <laughs> expose yourself to the person you fucking are or just sit down and be open to, to change. I think a great example of that, if you go back to Joyner Lucas's I'm Not a Racist song, I love that song. the story of the song and how they both felt the way and they had a conversation and they were able to resolve their differences and see each other. That's the only kind of conversation yeah. that should be being had. Sorry. Danielle, where can the good people leave those type of comments? They can leave those type of comments on Instagram or Facebook at D-A-M-A-G-D Goods or on Twitter with Ramon at D-A-M-A-G-D Goods number one. You can listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, or iTunes. Also, we have a YouTube channel when you type in damaged goods and it gives you the option if you wanted to be at the one spelled properly. Don't click that one, click the other one. You should record that one. That one's good. Uh, thank you guys so much uh not the easiest conversation to have and um i appreciate to have you guys as a council just to listen just to you know talk things through a a safe environment to kind of talk things through where nobody was judged and everybody got to be heard out and um, danielle says often like communication is key and i think man if people just sat down with the mindset to understand and you may not agree and that's fine but at least sit down to understand why the other person thinks or feels the way they do. And stop saying fucking but. If you're a racist, you're racist. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) No buts. No buts. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate all your time. I know it was a longer episode, but I think it was important. I don't even know how long we've been talking, but I don't care. I don't either. I don't know, but I think it's important to listen to the whole thing. So stick with it. It's 12.02, so. It's 9.02. <laughs> Shout out sorry, to DC for ending up at seven o'clock on yes. a Saturday morning. I had three yeah. alarms. I had three alarms going. I didn't go to bed till like three in the morning. Um, oh no! Oh, I just but it was yeah, but it was it was good because I, I had a really good conversation with my nephew actually about this, and, and I told him about. How is my nephew? I mean, your nephew. <laughs> um, he's good. He's doing really well. He's you know, I we just had a conversation about how how you felt about this. And I told him that I was going to be on the podcast. thought it was cool. And I kind of wanted to kind of just have someone to kind of talk it through so I know what I would say this morning. Um, and he had a, a lot of really great opinions. He's young. He's 24 years old. And um, he's he grew up differently than myself and Ramon. Um, like, you know, there's, you know, uh, he's had his own specific type of privileges, you know, as a young Black man. Um, to not have to really be affected by some of these things. Um, but that was my opinion. After speaking with him last night, I realized like it, it doesn't matter how you grew up or where you grew up or you know not having to you know go through certain circumstances. He definitely gets it. And I'm happy that I found that out about him. So he's doing well, <laughs> to answer your question. Good. Shout out to Ramon the second. All right. I was biting my tongue. <laughs> we'll talk offline (laughs) all right Uh, thank you guys because that could be a whole other podcast too uh until next week and you listen to us talk about forgiveness yes keep the conversation going at home at work with people that you meet yeah and uh everything that's going on 
Last thing, there's a tons that you can do. Ashton has already been uh, posting about the things that you can do to support. And I'm yeah. sure she will continue to post those things. There's a link in the bio yeah. at link, uh, whatchamacallit. You just have to add it to Facebook to it. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Peace. Bye. Later. Later.